T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Showtime. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Ready. Stand by for action. This is the Bob and Jeff Show, starring Bob Lutz. Oh, gasp. I'm so excited. You know what? I wish you had nothing to say on a lot of things. It's valuable that you're here to, to help me with the show. But that's exactly what you're doing. You're helping me with the show. In Jason Duda. The streets might fish out of water in a world he never made. Sexmas, my hometown. It's about uh, 12 miles north of Grand Prairie. Grand Prairie is the big center, and there's nothing north of there. I just read that the mayor of Winnipeg's nephew went ice fishing and caught himself a 16-pound walleye, reporting live from the worst place in the world. 97.5 in 1240 KFH. I totally don't know what that means, but it won't it. Hello again. It is a Thursday edition, the Bob and Jeff Show on KFH Radio. It's my uh, my show today. Jason Duda in to help me along. How you been, dudes? Just fine. Thank you for inviting me to just help along. Well, you know, it's, I, it's uh, the truth. It's, it's all right. It's not real. That's not really what I intended to say, but I messed up, so I made the best of it. Uh, is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah, that's what that's people. Good, that's what good the pros cover. do. Good cover. Uh, you came in, you demanded that we watch golf. I've been wanting to talk to you about this merger of Liv and the PGA Tour, which is now going to be investigated uh, by the Justice Department and see that everything's on the up and up. Uh, it completely turned me off, and um, I told you, and I think this is true, as much as I love the U.S. Open, it's always been my favorite golf tournament, don't care can't believe it can understand it but i don't know if i can believe it i i get where you're at with everything um it didn't make much sense to me especially everything that had been said by the pga by the tour players about the live and then they're merging but it doesn't sound like any of the players had anything to do with it so my question is what happened with monahan did he just get a big payoff and say all right, I'm going to I'm, I'm going right? I'm going to get ousted, so I'm going to get fired. I'm going to get so give me a bunch of money and I'll sign this and see you later since it's probably where it's going to end up anyway. Well, we'll I don't see. know. That's a speculation, of course. We'll see what happens as the uh, days and weeks go by, but uh I I I peeked in a little bit at this uh, golf tournament. It's being held in uh LA at the Country Club, which uh I love West Coast majors because they come in prime time then yes and you can watch them uh in prime time which is going to be the case saturday and sunday 
but I'm going to do my best to resist the temptation because I'm just turned off by golf right now. You're boycotting. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, kind of. See, I'm, I'll still, I'm still going to watch. I'll watch the majors, and I'll pay attention on Sundays probably still. Uh, it's still golf. I'm not sure about what exactly is going on. And here in the near future, when we find out this and that about what happened with this merger, if anything was shady, what the scoop was, then I'll make a decision then. Until then, I still like Until golf. Until then, you're in it. I'm still, I still like golf. Well, you don't have to apologize. Which did is, I uh, apologize? Did I yeah, apologize? It sounded, it sounded a little no, bit like you're a the one. Veiled apology. Ah, ah, no, no, no. Now you're putting words in my mouth, Robert. I don't like that. You said you're off. You're off, and I'm telling you why I'm not. Until I hear everything else that happened and what was going on, then I'll make my decision at that well, point. Oh, that's fine. Until then, I enjoy golf, so I'm still going Isn't to watch it. The it. Uh, the utmost greed you've ever seen. Uh, it and, sounds and, like yes, I would have to Saudis, agree. Uh, and Saudi Arabia, I, I, I don't, I don't know. Can we? Is there anything that would uh, cause distaste? If it's not, I don't know. I, I'm just done. I'm, I'm watching some guy play out of the bunker. I hope he hits it into uh, San Diego County. Well, he did almost. Almost, actually. yes. And I don't even know him. That's Tyrell Hatton. Yeah, he's a nice kid. But I, you know, I'm, I don't know. I don't know who to root for. Well, I always, I got the same guys. I always play the same guys. Shoffley's one of my guys all the time. Max Holma's one of my guys this week. Cantlay's one of my guys this week. So you went with Those all the PGA three. guys. Yeah, I still, in all honesty, I still prefer the PGA guys. I've done a couple drafts, did not take one live guy. Is this golf course uh, special? Well, I don't. It doesn't know. look. Uh, it doesn't look as good on TV as some of the other courses for majors. But uh, I'm willing. You know, whatever. It, I I don't know. I'm sure the LA Country Club is is a fine golf course. It's obviously tough. Uh, although six under leads this thing right now, so it hasn't been that tough. Uh, I well, like I like a U.S. Open where it's right around even par. Well, they were saying that scores should be low. They had some rain last night, no wind, cloud cover. They said this, if of anything, this morning's the guys who went out this morning have the best opportunity to to, to go low. Ricky Fowler, who we haven't. When's the last time we've talked about Ricky Fowler being in? Contention? Been forever. And he's leading the U.S. Open right now after 13 holes at six under. So there you go. Good story. He finally quit doing all the commercials and he's starting to golf again. Good for him. Well, we'll see if he if he sustains it. Well, I don't know if he's going to sustain this pace, but we'll we will we'll see, we'll see. Well, I'm sure talking a lot about golf for you, you basically forced my hand. I did uh, to turn it over to golf and and, and listen. If you want to watch it, you you got the opportunity to watch it. I'll peek in what on I'm it. I'm going to do. What are you doing? What I'm going to do is concentrate on the show today. Well, at least one of us is. That's yes. good. That's good. That's why you're the captain. We are going to talk to two incoming members of the Kansas Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, at 225, former Major League pitcher and Abilene native Ted Power will join us. Uh, played his collegiate baseball at Kansas State. Pitched for uh, quite a while in the major leagues, including a season with my beloved St. Louis Cardinals. We'll talk to Ted Power at 225.
and at 325, one of the most popular and best Wichita State basketball players in history, Lindbert Cheese Johnson. And you know why they called him Cheese? Because he was always smiling. <laughs> and uh, Cheese Johnson is going into the Kansas Sports Hall of Fame as well. He'll be our guest today at 325. We are uh, working with Jay Delling of the Wichita Open to try to get a golfer on uh, from the Wichita Open. That tournament started today out at Crestview Country Club. Uh, no wind to speak of. None. Blazing sunshine. Hot. Pretty hot. Pretty hot out there. Uh, is it humid? No, it's not too humid, but it's a little bit, but it's hot. I mean, there's no clouds. It's just, it's hot. We've had two of the best nights ever uh, out at League 42 the last two nights. No wind, not, not a ton of humidity, nice temperatures. It's been an absolute pleasure. It, it's, it's, it's been awesome. Well, that's great. Sitting outside in these four days a year we get like that in Kansas is great. Is wonderful. Yes. Yes, I'll, we'll sit outside on two. What is Thursday day? Tuesday was nice. The kids were playing tennis, and we could I could have sat out there all night. It was perfect. You Last have neighbors night, over where you live to sit outside and and visit. Well, not any of the well, my wife's uh, brother and sister. Well, my brother and sister in law too, I guess. But her actual brother uh, just live literally a quarter of a mile away, so they're right there. But a lot of times at night, we'll be outside playing ball with the dogs, and you can just sit outside and throw the ball. They have a good time, and it's been gorgeous out. Out in the backyard or the yeah, front? in the back. Well, there you go. So that's what we did last night. Back in the day, uh, neighbors used to gather at my parents' house and other houses in the neighborhood. They'd carry their lawn chairs over. They'd put them in a circle. Uh, they'd sit there from about 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock. And they just visit. Yeah. And I can't imagine doing that. No, that's not your thing. No. Not not your thing. I like... <laughs> you do it once a year, and that's only started like the last three years for the football draft. That's the only... I bet you that's the only time you do it. Yeah, it's not that I'm against it necessarily, but I feel like I'd run out of things to say. I don't know, man. Don't... How'd my parents do that? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. They all seem to enjoy it. They just talk about stuff and that was their thing. Gather around. What's wrong with that? Nothing's wrong with it. Just I can't imagine it. Every day? I don't even know half my neighbors. And I've lived here 17 years. Understandable. Understandable. Well, that's not a good thing. I mean, I I know them enough to say, "Hey, how you doing? What's going on?" But I don't know anything in depth. Well, I can't ask a neighbor uh, so your cousin Jimmy, how the, how are they feeling? Uh, it ain't, it ain't nothing like that. Well, you're never sitting out in your driveway so people could stop by and say hi. Maybe you should start and start after League 42 is over. Um, get a couple chairs and just put them out in the driveway. It'll be good at that time. The sun gives you shade at your house that way. And just sit there for an hour and wait till some people come by and then about, start talking to them. What about my dog? Well, Misty will be fine. I don't. I don't know. I don't want her on a leash outside. I'd rather she be inside. And well, she could stay inside for an hour. I don't know. I know oh. I'm not leaving my dog for an hour to be with humans. What are you nuts? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I apologize, yeah, Misty. I mean, Misty, I apologize. 
I'm sorry. And, and I and I and I don't I don't necessarily apologize for that. Uh, no, I, I know you I, don't. I said I apologize to Misty. If I had to, if somebody asked me just blank, flat out, so what do you like better, dogs or people? Dogs. Nothing that much against people. My my wife would might say the same thing. Now, if you ask me dogs or kids, it's probably a tie. But dogs and people, when you bring adults into the equation, <laughs> dogs clearly. <laughs> kids over people. Uh, kids over adults. Uh, dogs over adults. Cats. Mm, probably close. Yeah. Yeah. Close. I'll give you close. Yeah, yeah, no. Now, that's a, no, a stark I'm generalization. Not. There are certainly adults that I would enjoy spending time with. Right. But in the whole, dogs, clearly. I understand. Makes Which sense. would you pick, dogs or people? Probably, geez, probably the dogs. Yeah. I, I don't think there's... Over just random people? Yeah, yeah, just random people. Over random people that I don't know that to talk... Yeah, I'd probably take my dogs. Dog. over relatives. Or dogs or relatives. Okay, that's, that's not a fair question because I only have relatives here. <laughs> they might be listening. And there's a chance that someone accidentally might have hit the <laughs> button on the radio and they're listening to the show right now. So in over the radio, with the knowledge that they may be listening... Yeah. You would say relatives. Oh, almost 100%. When we go to commercial break, and it's just you and me, clearly dogs. I didn't say that. No, you didn't say that. I'm just surmising. Okay. That's based a, on. That word I, is, escapes me. So based on I'll, the I'll conversation. Yeah, okay. I, I'm, I'm not going to. I just think it's better I don't argue this. <laughs> no, I'm sure your relatives are wonderful people. They're actually fantastic. Sure. They are. No doubt. Yeah. Now, my relatives, my wife has a ton of relatives. I don't have hardly any outside of Jeff and Shannon and and uh, Aaron, who, by the way, is uh, traipsing around Italy right now. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. She uh, left Monday, and what is today, Thursday? My yeah. goodness, she's uh, she's been there a couple days already. How's it going? From what we understand, she's having the time of her life. But I, I have not. I told her to text me a picture. Uh, she has not done so yet, but I presume that will be coming. I would think so. I would think she'll probably get to it. Yeah. She's got stuff going on. Can't blame her. No. She's probably uh, overwhelmed a little bit, I would say. I would probably agree with that. You're, in you're, dropped, uh, you're dropped in Milan, Italy, and uh, see you later. <laughs> that's it. You you <laughs> you just kind of make your way, right? You try to figure it out. She'll figure it out. She's at that age where she'll figure it out. She's probably good. And that's a great trip for a kid that age. I mean, it's just that's an experience of a lifetime that you're having uh, when you're just about to turn seventeen, and uh, it'll it'll uh, serve her well in the rest of her life. Well, for sure it will. Uh, oh, having having done this. So I'm I'm very happy that she did it and uh, can't wait for her to get home and share the experience. How long is she over there for? Uh, till, what's today, the 15th. She's there, I think it's a 10-day. 10, 10 days. Jeez. I think it's a 10-day trip. 
It might be eight, but I think it's that's still a, that's a good number. Yeah, they they uh, they're there for more than a week. Uh, good for her. Good for her. Yeah. Would My you want to go? Would you want to go to Europe right now? Uh, where you're at right now in life is that no. something that you would want to no, do? No, but I know a lot of people who love it. Not a lot, but you know a, f- a fair amount of people who do it pretty regularly. Uh, I think it's great. I took my trip overseas to Ireland uh, in 2009. Uh, while there's a lot of the world to see, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna do another trip, it's gonna be in the U.S. And I'm very tempted to go. But the one that's that's right there in my brain right now, I gotta get to Montana. I've got to get to Montana. It's not tough to get to. You just get in the car. I know that. It's gorgeous. I want to drive up through the Black Hills, which I've done, mm-hmm. but I've not been to Montana, and I wanted to experience that, and uh, I'm going to make that happen, I think. See, Montana reminds me a little bit of back home for me. Just outdoors. Well, I mean, sex was what? 20, 25 miles north of Montana? Yeah, I mean, it's right there. I mean, you could probably drive up and visit. I mean, if you're going to Montana, you might as well. Is Sexsmith straight up from Montana? Probably a little bit more west, western side, and then straight north. And how far north? Well, get to the border, the Canadian-U.S. border, and drive 13 hours. Good grief, man. So, like you said, 25 miles. (laughs) Well, there's a lot of mountainous terrain there. You can't go very fast. Uh, they got highways and everything. What would the drive look like from the Montana border to Sexsmith? Would it be mountainous? If you would were it be a lot of flat ground with nothing there, be, it'd be be more hilly. You'd be able to see like the mountains are right there to the west. You'd be able to see them, but there's you'll drive through some spots where there'll be some plains, especially in the south part of alberta once you get north and you get up to by calgary i mean banff and jasper which is the national park in the mountains is like 40 minutes away so you're right there but then when you get going a little farther north you're going to run into mostly farming and that sort of thing so it's going to be a little flatter so if we were to go to montana and then drive up north into canada yeah and take the train trip through banff yeah and Calgary and that. Banff area. and Jasper and take that one. Yeah. That would be a good trip, oh. wouldn't it? Honestly, you'd love it. And we'd I'm not, have to, we'd have to carve out three weeks, wouldn't we? You'd have to, yeah, because you're driving. Yeah, for sure. But you'd love it. And, and I'm not, I know I'm obviously biased, but um, Banff and Jasper, when my wife would come up or when we were dating, as long as she spent two days in Banff, she didn't care what she did the other two weeks. Really? That's how nice it is. To do, to see, to drive around, and you can you could take drives. You can drive to Banff and Jasper, and you go through you go through all the mountains with the waterfalls, and there's cutouts where you can stop and get out of the vehicle and check things out, and it's awesome. It's awesome. Got to figure that out. I mean, it's one of the it's if when people ask, I say that you go. That's number one. Number two would get over to Victoria on the Vancouver Island and go over there because you could spend three weeks there and not see everything. But see, the problem is Misty. I understand. And we can't we can't leave her for three weeks. It's just not feasible. Can't do it. Gotcha. So I don't know. We'll see. 
We'll, we'll see. You might get there. We'll play it by ear. There's there's a chance. That see that looks like uh, my local Muni. They just showed kind of a wide shot of a, one of the greens, and I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the LA. I don't know how I feel about the LA Country Club. Look at the rough. Like that's not easy. That's no, why I'm it's not that, saying it's that's easy. That's why it's like that. I'm not saying it's easy at all. I'm just saying it looks like Sim Park. No offense, Sim Park. <laughs> well, Sim Park should be happy. I love Sim Park. You you just said the U.S. Open looks like Sim Park. <laughs> that's what you just said. Sim Park. I did. And should if be they calling take it you as a and compliment, should be calling you and saying, "Hey, come on out whenever you want." They should. That's what they should be doing right now. That's what they should be doing. Well, we'll see if we get that call. Well, I guess we'll wait and see. Eight six nine twelve forty. There it is. The IHOP hotline. Any free golf, uh, I'll welcome it. <laughs> Let me try this. That looks like Consolver. Hey, well, they should be calling you right <laughs> now. You know what? A couple elements look like McDonald Park. Oh, well, if the, actually, it kind of does. I would have to agree. And then that one hole, spitting image of Auburn Hill. Oh, night. I th- oh, wow. That's crazy. It's Eight, crazy. Free golf. 8-6-9-12-40. <laughs> All right, time for a break. We will come back and talk with Ted Power. He is going into the Kansas Sports Hall of Fame on October 1, that induction ceremony down in Wellington at the Kansas Star Casino. Not quite Wellington, but you know. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, So Ted Power will be our guest next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. This is the Bob and Jeff Show on 97.5 and 12.40 KFH.
Songs about a girl, the musical theme for the week. This is Amarina from Elton John. We are joined on the IHOP hotline by Ted Power. Uh, he is a Kansas State graduate, pitched for the Wildcats, uh, had a long big league career. He will be inducted into the Kansas Sports Hall of Fame coming up on October 1st at the Kansas Star Casino. Ted, welcome. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I am uh, yeah, well, I'm in Danville, Virginia. How about that? How long have you been in Virginia, Ted? <laughs> well, I'm out here coaching in the Appalachian League, which is a college wood bat league, summer league. And okay. uh, I'm walking out right now to get on the bus, so your uh, your listeners might get an earful. <laughs> well, tell those players to calm down for about ten minutes, okay? Uh, so that's that's an interest. Yeah, that's an interesting starting point. How long have you been uh, coaching uh, in in summer baseball? Is uh, has that been something you've done for a while? Uh, I've done it for the last. Uh, this is my third summer. As a matter of fact, um, I was retired, and uh, a friend of mine in he was going to coach in Pulaski, Virginia, and he wanted a pitching coach, so I did it two years ago, and this is my third season now, but I'm with a different team. I'm with a team called the Bristol State Liners. Well, was this something that uh, you've kind of thought about? Or did it just kind of come up, and then obviously you've went back a couple years, so I'm guessing that you're enjoying it. I am enjoying it, but no, I didn't think about it at all. I, I wasn't going to coach anymore. Um, after I left professional baseball, I coached at the IMG Academy in Bradenton, which is a very high-ranked and high-rated uh, sports school. It's actually kids go to high school and then – there's about nine or ten different sports there at the uh, complex, and um, it's it's quite a place. But, yeah, I had retired. Ted Power, our guest, native of uh, Abilene, Kansas, graduated from high school there, went to Kansas State, uh, and then played uh, quite a while in the big leagues, long enough to accumulate 68 wins, 70 saves, played for several different teams. Uh, you were drafted. Uh, by the Dodgers, and it took you a little while to the to get to the big leagues. Uh, you really persevered. Just talk about your professional baseball career and what, what that was like to be drafted and then to pitch in the minor leagues for four or five seasons before you got that first chance at the big leagues. Well, it was uh, it was a whole new world to me. Uh, growing up in Abilene, Kansas, and then before that, Guthrie, Oklahoma, I'd, I'd grown up in small towns. I didn't know a whole lot about professional baseball. Um, and then when I got drafted, uh, after my third year at Kansas State, the Dodgers took me in the fifth round, and they sent me to their rookie ball club, which being 21 – was uh, I wasn't real happy about it because it was mostly high school kids and people from JUCOs. So I got there, and, and we had practices for a week, and the pitching coordinator was a man named Ron Paranowski, and Ron was there and saw me throw uh, live batting practice, and he said, he's, he's too good for this level. <laughs> so they moved me to high A ball in Lodi, California that year, and uh, that was my christening. Well, in, you talked about K-State. Give us a little rundown of 
how, how things went in high school, how you ended up in K-State, and how you enjoyed that experience. <laughs> well, uh, my high school in Abilene didn't have a baseball team. They, the Elks had a summer league team, and I played on that team my freshman and sophomore years in high school. And then my junior and senior years, I went back down to Guthrie, Oklahoma, and lived with my relatives there and played for a Legion team that was a really, really good team. So I was hoping to get uh, looked at by some college colleges and hopefully get a scholarship, but nothing happened. And uh, as it turned out, there was a sports writer in Abilene. at the, His name is Ed Dent. And Ed uh, was acquainted with the pitching coach, Phil Wilson, at Kansas State. So Ed drove me to a basketball game one night up at Manhattan and introduced me to Phil. And Phil said, well, you're, you're welcome to try out. You know, come on out and try out for the team. And so I tried out and made it and uh, didn't have a scholarship. But I was living at Strawby Scholarship House, so I, I had some financial aid, and I was able to get through that freshman year. And then uh, my sophomore year, I had a scholarship for half of my expenses, but I had an accident and, and uh, slipped and fell on some ice, as <laughs> those cold winters are in Kansas, broke my right ankle, and missed my sophomore season. So my junior year uh, pitched really well. And the Dodgers had taken a look at me, I think, when I was a freshman and uh, drafted me in that fifth round. Ted Power, our guest, going into the Kansas Sports Hall of Fame, uh, certainly one of the great pitchers to come out of Kansas State. I'm fascinated just looking at your baseball reference page because uh, you began your career in the big leagues uh, in the bullpen for the most part. Uh, But a couple of years after you arrived in Cincinnati, uh, the Reds decided to make you a full-time starter. And in 1987, you made 34 starts, pitched 204 innings. You'd had uh, a couple, three really good years out of the bullpen. Did you welcome that opportunity, Ted, to become a full-time starting pitcher? Well, it was what was needed for that team. Uh, we had lost a couple of starters to injury. And what what nobody knew was that for six years in the minor leagues, I was a predominantly a starting pitcher, so I knew what it took to be a starting pitcher and what the the difference was between that and being a relief pitcher. So it was really nothing that I had to learn. I already knew it, and uh, that that season in '87 was a really good one. Didn't miss a start. Uh, started every five days. Stayed healthy, and I think it helped me in my career to be that versatile. Uh, with all your with with the places you played in 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 the majors, um, is does one stick out one spot stick out to you that uh, was your favorite or you had the most enjoyment playing? Well, there's a couple places. One has to be with Pittsburgh in 1990 because we went to the playoffs and we were playing against the Cincinnati Reds that I spent five years with from 83 to 87. So in 1990 with Pittsburgh, playing against the Reds in the playoffs was pretty exciting. Uh, and I, I think I got in three of the three or four of the six games that it took for the Reds to beat us, and then they went on and swept Oakland and won the World Series. 
But probably the, the team that I enjoyed the most was the Cleveland team in uh, 1992. And it was because it was a, a group of very unselfish young men and a terrific manager, Mike Hargrove. And uh, it was just a, it was a real team. And we were the Cinderella's that year. We won, I think, close to 30 more games than they had won the year before. So we kind of put Cleveland back on the map. And just a handful of years later, they were going to the playoffs. Ted Power, I guess uh, my son, who normally hosts this show with me, is a big Cleveland Guardians fan, and I'm a big St. Louis Cardinals fan, Ted. So uh, that was a, the right. absolute wrong answer to that question. <laughs> Hopefully he's well, not no, listening. Wait a minute. I, can, I can tell you that St. Louis was a great place, too, because not only did I get to play for a great man, Whitey Herzog, but uh, his his pitching coach was a guy named Mike Rourke, who's probably uh-huh. not known as a household name, but we called him Mike the Mechanic Rourke, and he could fix your mechanics no matter what kind of a pitcher you were. Yeah, well, he was a he uh, was a manager of the Wichita Arrows in his uh, baseball life as well. So, yeah, you played one season in St. Louis. I, I did want to ask you what it was like playing for Whitey Herzog because such a legendary figure in the game of baseball – certainly transformed the Cardinals, really changed the way baseball was played there for a while in the 80s. Uh, what was it like uh, getting in on kind of the tail end of his run in St. Louis? Well, the thing that impressed me the most about Whitey and one other manager, Jim Leland in Pittsburgh, was very, very comparable, was no matter what the game situation, he, he had a plan and he had an option. And if you went into extra innings, he always had, somebody on that bench, you know, as a pinch hitter, or he had a pitcher that he could use. He was just very, very, very prepared every day of the season. And he never panicked. So you mentioned, Ted, you're you're coaching uh, this summer in a wood baseball league in Virginia. Tell us more about uh, what you've done since your playing career ended, where you're living, uh, things like that. How often do you get back to Kansas? Well, I get back to Kansas quite a bit. My dad uh, lives in Chapman, Kansas, and my sister lives just outside of Chapman. I have another sister that lives in Oklahoma. But uh, since my playing career, uh, you know, and my coaching career, I've, uh, I'm living in Sarasota, Florida. My wife and I live there. We've been there for almost 20 years, I think. And that was actually how I took the job at the IMG Academy over in Bradenton. It's just 20 miles away. Um, but really just slowing down, you know, and enjoying life. I get back to Kansas to visit my family. I'm blessed to have uh, a son and a daughter, and my daughter has two sons, so I've got a couple of grandsons. They live in Connecticut, and my son lives in Columbus, Ohio. So just mainly, you know, slowing my life down and, and enjoying things, try to play golf as much as possible. I don't blame you for that. So, you're going into the Kansas Sports Hall of Fame. You've had a, a very good uh, run in, in the game of baseball. Uh, it's been very good to you. So what was the what was it like getting that news that uh, you're going to be inducted into this, this state's uh, Sports Hall of Fame? <laughs> well, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, when I got the call, um, the gentleman identified himself, and, you know, he was the head of the – 
Hall of Fame of Kansas, and I, I thought he was going to ask me for a donation. <laughs> but it wasn't well, that. <laughs> no, that that comes later, I think. Yeah, that's okay. But it was no, uh, that's... it was a real thrill. I have to say, it gave me goosebumps, and and uh, I was driving at the time on my way up here to coach in this league when he called. And as soon as I got off the phone with him, man, I called my wife first, and then uh, started calling family members, and they're all tickled. Well, that's a, it's awesome that you're going in, obviously well-deserved. And, and before we let you go, another inductee is uh, Brent Chemnitz, who was a longtime pitching coach at Wichita State. Uh, you being a pitcher and a former pitching coach yourself, did you ever cross paths with Brent? With Brent? You know what? I don't think I did. Um, I could have, but it was so long ago. I mean, I know when we were at Kansas State, we, I think we played Wichita State. But uh, my connection sort of with him is his, his manager, Gene Stevenson, is from the same town I am in right. Oklahoma, Guthrie, Oklahoma. And my parents uh, are pretty sure that they actually were babysitters for Gene a few times. Wow. So, yeah, small world. That's quite a story. That is a small yeah. world. Well, Ted, really, uh, really congratulations on this, and uh, we appreciate you coming on the show, and, and good luck uh, this summer uh, out in Virginia. I appreciate it, and thank you guys for having me on the show. You bet. All right. That's cool. Ted Power, one of the uh, 12 inductees uh, into the Kansas Sports Hall of Fame. And uh, that's cool. I like talking to former major league players. Yeah, but you you weren't happy when he went with Cleveland. No, you, you, that, that I got mean, to me. Yeah, the look on your face was, it was you were you were disgusted a little bit that, that St. Louis wasn't said, and well, your son's Cleveland team was. I think once Ted thought about it, then that, he realized you're in St. Louis meant quite a bit more. To Whitey him. Herzog, yeah, probably. I'm sure he's. He probably got off the phone. He's sitting on the bus right now with the boys thinking, man, I might have messed that up. <laughs> no doubt. Let's That's... get you up to date with what's happening out at Crestview Country Club. Kyle Jones uh, in the clubhouse, a first round 62. That's eight under. He leads the tournament. There's about uh, most of uh, South Wichita is, eight, is six under. <laughs> I don't even go through all the names, but uh, there's a lot of people at six under, including Hayden Springer, who will join this show at about 3.40 to talk about the day. There you go. A couple of uh, our local folks, one of them, Dodge Kimmer, is in that group at six under. Very good. Shot a first round 64. Good for him. That's awesome. Our other local uh, guy, Cooper Schultz, did not go as well. Five over in his round today. That's a little rough. Uh, surprised by that. That's his home course. So you got Dodge Kimmer here. We're going to keep an eye on him and hopefully we can get him on the show tomorrow. That'd be perfect. Well, we got, oh, I'm not going to be well, here. He'll play in the afternoon tomorrow. So we'll see. Oh, yeah. That might be tough. Maybe try to get him between like the fourth and fifth hole as, as he's, he's walking, walking down the fairway, walking down the fairway yeah, and have I'd, him on the phone. I'm sure he'd love that. Uh, you never know. Until you try. You might as well try it, right? Yeah, and then tell us playing guys, I need 10 minutes to finish this interview. <laughs> I'll be right back. Yeah, you guys go, but wait for me on the green. <laughs> I don't think it 
<laughs> I don't be, think it would be awesome like that. <laughs> uh, as for the U.S. Open, uh, I'm going to have to do some research because I'm not following it as closely as I normally do, which uh, irritates my co-hosts. A little bit, but it's all right. You got your opinion about what's going on, what's happening, and so you need your time to figure it out for yourself. Ricky Fowler okay. is through 16 holes, and he's seven under. And that's not the U.S. Open I want to see. No, it's that's not that's that's the that's the Wichita Open. Basically, yeah. Uh, Xander Shoffley at five under, DeChambeau and Scheffler at three, and then a bunch of people at two, uh, but a bunch of people under par. Uh, and that that's not the U.S. Open I want to see. No, usually the U.S. Open is one of those ones where guys like us are watching these guys struggle like we do on any course. And it's not that you enjoy watching them struggle, but it's enjoying it. It's it's something to see that they do struggle on courses that are difficult. I like I like to watch this tournament because I want to see them grind. Well, that, and that's exactly you know, it. I want to see the best in the world grind. And they don't always grind. They go out and and they listen. I know it's tough to be a professional golfer, but for the guys who make it and they go out week after week and they tear up a lot of these courses. Frankly, right? right. I mean, a lot of these courses can't hold them. No, you're absolutely correct. And the courses that can, those are the ones we want to see. Yes. Well, yeah, because it makes more sense that. And way. I'll be and I'll be blunt here. The Crestview can't hold these corn fairy guys. No, because uh, they hit the it ball just can't. so far it's now. It's not Crestview's fault. It's just not long enough. Uh, there's not enough trouble there, uh, and it, and they just tear it up yearly. So well, look, like you said, you got there's about a, what almost a dozen guys that were at minus six. Yeah, like almost a dozen guys shot sixty four today, and a guy shot sixty two, and they're only halfway through. Because after your tee shot. Th- does anybody even carry a five or six iron anymore? That would, well, they do, but they use it maybe once around on a par three. Yeah. Uh, and that's just kind of the way the, where golf is. And the problem with, with golf is that a lot of these courses, you need real estate to make them longer, and these courses don't have it. You carry about 11 wedges now in the modern yeah, golf. Yeah, you, you got a 60, a 58, a 56, a 54, a 52, a gap, a pitching wedge. And those are the only ones that are dirty besides your driver. Right. That's it. And you use your you use a three wood occasionally. On a par five, probably, or off a tee here and there. Yeah. But your long irons, you don't see guys hitting them. No, there. you don't. There's no reason to have a four iron it's, in your bag. A lot of these guys, they hit their eight iron 200 yards. So when are you going to be inside of that on a par four? And that's a little problem with the game of golf in the modern era, right? I mean, it's a, I don't know if it's a problem, but it it's... It's, I think it makes it less interesting unless you can get them on a course that can negate part of that power uh, with the long rough uh, and some issues on the green. Uh, you, you, I don't know. The, the problem is, is that when these guys can hit the ball 320, 330, 340, there's nothing else you can do as a golf course. I mean, you... What, Unless you're going to start pushing all your par fours to be almost 500 yards, the problem then is you're never going to have anybody else come and play that golf course. No. Because no one's going to go want to play, a, even if they use the shorter tees and every par four is 450, 460, guys aren't going to want to go and play there. 
And so your average person is going to be like, well, I'm not playing that. Court. You know, many times I've played uh, out at Auburn Hills, and I've I think that course is for a public golf course. It's tough. And I look at the back tees out there, and I say to myself, if I played the back tees at Auburn Hills, I'd be lucky to break 120. <laughs> um, but if these guys played them, they'd kill it. Oh, it'd be ugly. Be ugly. Which is ridiculous. Well, and I mean, uh, testament to them on how good they are. But... I don't know how they're going to find a court. Like, I mean, some of these U.S. Open courses with this rough that we've talked about in the past years are running 75, 7,600 yards, which if you'd have said that 10, 12 years ago, you'd be like, what are you talking about? You know what would be fun? A kind of a novelty thing. What? Let's hold the Wichita Open at Sim Park <laughs> and see what they shoot there. Because they're, they're, they're killing Crestview, which is... Markedly more difficult. Yes. What would they shoot at Sim Park? What would probably they'd have to be ten under each round. 10 under you each might round. have to be thirty-five to forty under to win it. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. No, I know. I'm, that's not an exaggeration. But wouldn't that be kind of a novelty thing? Once. Okay, this year the for one year only, we're holding this at Sim Park. I mean, they'd be driving a lot of the par fours out there. Now you couldn't handle the parking or any of the other stuff, but no. I have to bust them in from everywhere yeah. else, but that'd be interesting. It might be boring. Well, it wouldn't be boring because they'd be just rifling eagles everywhere. They'd be driving like, greens. If you, if you like got a birdie, crazy. it'd be like a par. Making birdies out there would be like, eh, whatever. The golfers would probably revolt. Yes, I would think they would. <laughs> they they would. <laughs> There goes our chance at. Uh, yeah, we're not. Ed that's Park probably getting, never going to happen. Giving us a call now. Sorry, Sim. Now here's a guy in trouble. That's your that's leader, Ricky Fowler. He's in trouble. That's me, uh, hitting from a ditch behind a bridge. Yeah, but <laughs> you know nobody's ever been there. He's been bitten by six snakes and seven ticks. But he he knocks it out on the fairway. We'll see what he does. So hopefully this course, the L.A. Country Club, starts to challenge the players a little more as the week goes on, right? We don't want to see a U.S. Open winner at 24 under, right? We don't want no. that. And it, it's, That would be an insult. And it won't. If, if When the, the sun's supposed to come out, it's supposed to be nice the next three days. Those greens are going to be super fast. They're not going to be able to hold the greens like most U.S. Opens, especially out of the rough. Then you're going to see the scores go down. I think today... And from what everything I heard, this isn't a big surprise that there's so many people in red numbers just because of the weather. They had some rain, so the green softened up. You can take a few more. You can be a little more aggressive shooting at pins. I think that uh, the next three days, it'll be a totally different golf course. And, you know, besides Fowler and Shoffley and Scheffler, then you only got a guy, you got a DeChambeau's minus three. You got a couple guys, a few guys at minus two, minus one. John Rahm really wants to break a club, doesn't he? That's, That's twice. two times that he has feigned breaking a club. One, a, an iron, and this time a putter. Uh, I like that. That's what I want to see in the U.S. Open. Well, you did it. I want to see whole a guy hole. not only act like he's going to break a club, but break one. <laughs> or do what I did when I played my round out at... Uh, one of the great courses in Garden City. I can't remember which one it was. 
it, Southern uh, Hills? No, not or, Southern. Uh, not Southern Hills. Uh, I, I tossed a Buffalo. Buffalo. It was Dunes? not that one. It was the other one. Not Buffalo Dunes. It was the other one. And I can't think of the name of it. Uh, but I tossed one of my irons into a lake. And uh, never felt better about it. Felt good? Yeah. It did. Did I tell you the story about back home when a guy did that? No. So this is years ago when I this is back in Sexsmith and we were it was on the second hole and we were watching this group ahead of us and there's water then the green and this guy hit a ball into the water. Dropped another one, hit it into the water. Dropped another one, hit it into the water. Next thing we knew, his whole bag went in the water. His whole wow. bag. And then he just started walking back up to the clubhouse. So we finished our round and come in and the guys are inside, everyone's giggling, laughing, telling the story and we're like, well, "What's going on?" Well, I guess some guy threw his bag in the number two water hole, then realized his keys were in his bag. <laughs> he had to go oh my God. get a canoe and then go out there to try to get his bag back so he could find his keys. <laughs> See, that's the problem. You put everything in your bag to play around the golf. Yeah. Be careful. <laughs> All right. Uh, we, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. Uh, I, I need some advice on uh, what to do about my baseball team. I think I know what they need to do, but I've never... It's been a long time since I've been in this position. The Cardinals have had only one losing season uh, this century. Uh, they are 15 games under 500 right now. And I'm at a little bit of a loss about what to do. I need some help. We'll be back to talk about it. This is the Bob and Jeff Show on KFH. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.